So today's uh, theme for the Dharma talk is Anicca, impermanence. Um, And I want to say that I was indifferent before coming into practice as, you know, as a a subject of practice. Um, It it was not a a topic of practice for me um, before coming and and before coming to the practice. It was bad news (laughs) because I would relate to impermanence as things ending, especially things that I liked. <laughs> that that has been one of the tendencies in this body, mind, spirit. <clears throat> and so in some ways, you know, it was like a matter of, okay, sure, you know, things change and, oh, no, things end <laughs> when things that I liked um, will just stop, cease. Not even seeing the beginning of uh, beautiful things starting. You know, once they started, they're going to be here forever. And of course, they're here, you know. Um, And, you know, there have been other, other ways in which um, looking at it, you know, within the context of, you know, being in the world without, again, without a practice. <clears throat> there may be other things, you know, that we may see as part of, of change. You know, it has a different flavor to it. The, the word impermanence sounded more... Uh, I will associate it more with, again, you know, preferences that I like to end. But change, it was more manageable. You know, when I would hear of change, um, it was, you know, I could relate to it in ways that I can accept it because I would relate it more to nature. I would relate it more like to things like, as a matter of fact, of course, the weather change. The weather change changes. Um, and then when I started practicing, it was not a topic I wanted to uh, look at because, again, it was like, I, I don't understand how will this bring me freedom. <laughs> um you know, how, how is this, this as an insight will bring freedom. You know, I will not have or will not stay with things that I want. <clears throat> but through the practice and, you know, starting... Uh, practicing with some of these teachings, that context, that understanding have changed dramatically. 
And now as I'm, um, as I'm talking about it now, wow, it feels dear. It feels dear to the heart. It feels close to the heart. There are um, changes that, you know, happen quickly or happen, happen uh, very slow. We don't even know that they're happening. Some, some changes take their time. Changes in us as we born and grew up and became teenagers and adults and elders and and then experience, you know, different generations of family and ancestors and And so that also has taken a, a whole different meaning for me in the practice. <clears throat> so now change is more, you know, kind of a matter of fact, and impermanence is like more of a dear, something dear to the heart. The Buddha talked about impermanence, not not so much, and I may I may confirm this with Gail later, but um, not as impermanence, but as change. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> it's sometimes it's nice to have a dear colleague next and teacher next to me. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Gail. Um, so within our practice, it is a liberative insight. Now I can say, yes, it is a liberative insight. And like Gail and I talked about in these past weeks, it is a liberative insight We can see it if we also set the conditions and foundations to understand how how it is a liberative insight. So we started this retreat with the refuges, uh, cultivating a foundation of stability so that we could have some care for ourselves and care for others, care for our community. We, we, we've been <clears throat> cultivating the refuges and this refuge of the Buddha, you know, trusting and recognizing the capacity within us, this inner Buddhahood that Liz talked about last night <clears throat> in the reflections. give us a place to go <clears throat> of safety 
of safety and um, trust when we go into the practice, when we engage in the practice as we have been engaging in the past days and being able to stay where you are, how you are, fully you, to be able to see how it is that change happens, how it is that the rising and passing happens for all conditioned phenomena, for all conditioned things. And that was a teaching of the Buddha. All conditioned things arise and pass. So it is, it, it, it turns, it, it, it happens that it gets transformed, this, this perception of impermanence into wise view, into a way, a perspective that helps us understanding and seeing the lawful nature of how things are and how it is that we can free our hearts and minds as we receive these arising and passing of all conditioned things, including ourselves. And so because sometimes it's hard, you know, it's not easy. We have been cultivating, you know, that stability within the refuges and that's that that stability within within the Buddha. <clears throat> the Buddha within us. Sitting Buddha, standing Buddha, lying Buddha, walking Buddha. So we took the refuges, we've been practicing with them, and then we also practice with some of the teachings that the Buddha gave into also the fourth refuge, making yourself a refuge and Practice it with the four foundations of mindfulness. Because within us, as I said, we can see this change. We can see the rising and passing of uh, physical sensations. We can recognize what is obvious as each moment. And because it changes... It's different moment to moment. It may be very subtle, the difference, but it may be, there may be something there, some physical sensation, you know, that comes and goes, and some of them stay longer than others. And the same way with thoughts. And the same way with emotions. And the same way with the mood and attitude in our minds, how it is that 
you know, what, what is, is there's, what is the flavor in the mind today? Maybe today I'm interested in some thoughts, one theme, tomorrow I'm interested in something else, who knows? And the things change, I'm becoming more and more comfortable with holding a paper and looking at it. <clears throat> so how it is that we relate to this change, how it is that we relate to this perception of impermanence, so now that we have the refuges and we've been practicing for some time with the four founda- with the foundations of mindfulness, there's some stability, there's some continuity of practice, there is some momentum. And so we can be, you know, we there's 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 a possibility here for us to be open to recognize what it is that is present, what arises, what passes, and how it is that maybe a more of a disposition to, to contemplate it or to recognize how it is that we're relating to it. <clears throat> now there's one thing here that I really... <clears throat> transformed my practice and my relationship with the world, the practice with myself and relationally in community. And is that as, as I have gone deeper into the practice, there has been a more of a claiming uh, or confidence or trust in showing up for the practice fully, fully as I am, seeing myself fully. And that has included the emotions and the thought that I have not liked. especially emotions. It have included uh, just uh, recognizing, claiming this is, this is how, you know, how Bruni moves in the world. This is how Bruni flows in the world. with all the different identities I have claimed at different times. Wow, now I'm saying, thank goodness for impermanence, change. I would have stayed in the closet for a very long time.
or you know in the in the closet of not not wanting to see many things not only you know the closet of me being queer and uh having other identities for some people in my family or not but really claiming fully fully who I've been and in different moments of life and impermanence and change has helped with that so much even though with me not noticing because in moments of wanting to claim to defend um there have been moments that that you know that that desire of being acknowledged for whoever i am has brought also some clinging with it very painful sometimes could be very subtle but is also very painful is exhausting sometimes so the practice and change has given me an opportunity to include all parts of myself without so much clinging but really trusting in being here and receiving the practice receiving the flow of emotions and thoughts and identities and, and many other things so there's wisdom there is wisdom in this liberative insight And so with continuity of practice, with the refuges, with taking refuge in the four foundations of mindfulness, making myself, making this, this, this body, the, the field of practice, not other people but me. Just thinking of, you know, looking at emotions of, you know, other, other, you know, other relations and like, okay, Bruni, come back here. What about your emotions? Like, look in the mirror, <laughs> being here. They have their own mirror. You have your own mirror here. <clears throat> And so there's there's closeness, there's intimacy, there's a also an appreciation through these this teaching of impermanence, appreciation for the uniqueness, for the preciousness of things. when we 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 see it there are moments that we can see you know the the uniqueness of something happening to us or or the the beauty of someone 
you know, the kindness of, you know, of a gesture of someone like Gil was talking about the other day, someone leaving an orange and cookies and just seeing the uniqueness, the beauty. I remember when I mentioned yesterday, Hurricane Maria, and, and it came to mind because, you know, one big teacher of change is nature. And I remember like months later after Maria, uh, I was able to go to the island and we were driving around and all the trees, all the leaves were gone. Everything was just all the trees were all, no leaves, nothing. <clears throat> and uh, later, months later, I, well, I came back here and then I went back. And then driving again, I could see these teeny tiny leaves blossoming again into these trees. And it was so beautiful to see. It was, I, I just felt so touching. There was a, like a teaching of resilience, so profound, so profound um, in that moment. Um, So they're, you know, they're different, different moments in which this teaching can give us that, that experience of recognizing how it is that we appreciate something, how it is that is important to us. And also when things, conditions change and, you know, this is of, this condition is not of, is not of a service to me now. We don't have control on how things change, but we can cultivate conditions. We cultivate conditions to to practice, like being here. We cultivated conditions. We didn't know how it would go, how it would happen. But we cultivate the conditions. And when we start, you know, starting recognizing, seeing how things change, here in this body, mind, heart, getting to know the body very intimately, even more than what we know it. That changing nature. And not only, you know, there's, there are moments in which changing nature of <clears throat> that we don't see, but that changing of this body and this mind heart also have give, have given us freedom in like and say claiming fully who we are and not um live by you know all the different ways in which society tell us to live in terms of our bodies body images how it is that society portrayed us and how it is that sometimes we learn to be, how, you know, in one way, because that is how all the different conditions in our lives have told us to be. But there's, you know, changes and how, how we claim ourselves that 
even now with some now control, there's some changes that we can we can initiate by setting conditions, by claiming fully who we are. <clears throat> and so with that change and continuing with the practice, deepening into the practice, trusting the practice, <clears throat> we also start seeing that there's an universal nature into this, into this insight of impermanence. That anger and joy and anxiety and the wish to be happy and growing old, sickness and death is not only happening to me, that it may be happening to all of us. It will happen to all of us at some point, right? We will die. We don't, and we will, we will not like it or not. We will, we will die. We will pass. And this body will continue changing. Conditions will change. <clears throat> and there's with, with that support of understanding the teachings and your practice, Sangha, tr and trusting in your capacity of being open to to see how things are we can we can we can see even we can see also not only who we fully are but also how others around us fully are and let them be who they are <clears throat> there is a dear friend of impermanence I call it a dear friend of impermanence because he's been through impermanence that there's a lot of uh, learning about this insight also, and it's the letting go. You know, that moment of change when things, you know, the letting go of a preference or the letting go of a clinging. Sometimes we may not see that that clinging that we have opening, we have opened the fist, or that we have, uh, we may see, we may feel, you know, sometimes with some of our clingings, we we may we may feel the relaxation or the the softening, and like something is not here. What happened? <laughs> 
you're being you, but something is lighter. Like, Bruni is lighter now. How come is Bruni is lighter now? I, you know, I'm just being me here, but there's something different. It's lighter. <clears throat> so the letting go, this letting go, and I have seen that this letting go has been happen it has been happening in the practice for me as as I go deeper in into mindfulness and, and, and in gathering the mind and collecting the mind, stealing the mind. It's almost like suddenly like the sun comes out again. And like, we can see things more clearly. And I remember at a retreat, I remember at a retreat at Spirit Rock, I think it was a long retreat. Um, where these these practice, I was not even practicing with a feeling tone, you know, just naming, recognizing the pleasantness or unpleasantness of experience. But I was, it, it, I, it, the mind felt so still, so still. It was so clear and, and crisp. And then I, I suddenly opened my eyes. And I saw a friend passing by. And at the same time, I saw it, 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 it was so crisp. This arising of pleasantness. But it was, it, it was not something static. It was just this arising of liking and, and then Passing away, just passing away as they they left you know they 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 just left my my visual field so there's i'm I'm sharing these examples other examples I would share because when that happened, I thought. Well, in that moment, there was not a thought. I was just open, like I. It was like just opening. It was like like almost like discovering something or or finding like a treasure. It was like finding a treasure, and then it passed. It passed, and then I stayed there. I continued staying there contemplating it was just staying there contemplating what was happening in the mind so when we are practicing and we you know we notice i heard some of you talking about how it is that this retreat is different some of us feels like feel like beginners again but, you know, it's almost a, a recognition that every moment is a new moment in the practice. 
and that there is, you know, with that intention and dedication and recognition, remembering the trusting and the confidence in the practice, that we can stay here, that we can be here, that we can let the practice manifest in whatever posture the body chooses and you support to stay still there and not like a stone Buddha, but just with, with the intention of Receiving the flow, receiving the flow of experience, receiving the rising and passing. What is next? An arising and passing. And then another arising and passing. And with that, a touching of the heart. And maybe a little bit more of understanding. A little bit more of, oh, a little bit more of trust. And sometimes it may be okay for us, and the okay may be, I don't like it, but okay. <laughs> the okay may, be, may, may come with some disclosures. Okay, and I don't like it. <laughs> okay, and I like it. <clears throat> Impermanence was one of the teachings that the Buddha gave to his son. He, he said, he said to Rahula, develop, develop the perception of impermanence. And in developing this, this perception or this insight, receiving this insight. There's also a realization of, you know, that the self, how it is that Bruni arises and passes, is not as solid as I think I was. It may not be as solid as we think we are. It becomes solid when I cling to something or when I definitely, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that it's bad or good or, but there's, you know, the arising and passing of Bruni, the rising and passing of Bruni as a daughter, the rising and passing of Bruni as a teacher, the rising and passing of Bruni as a friend. And that is also freeing. It's so freeing. Oh my goodness. Just to be able to receive, to receive life, to receive experience coming and going, coming and going. And having a choice. Having a choice. Okay. Yeah. I take the seat of the teacher from four to five, or well, for the next upcoming days too, but 
from four to five, I will, you know, be Bruni teaching a Dharma talk, something like that. <clears throat> there are other ways in this, in which this teaching of impermanence show up in our lives. And I also already mentioned it, but I want to mention it again just to share some experiences. This understanding that is part of the nature of the body, the nature of the mind to <clears throat> to also get sick, to also decay. Conditions change, change in the body in that way. And sometimes it's very hard to accept. I do remember some years in the practice where I, I was having sciatica. It was like two or three years with sciatica. Wow, it was intense. And I went into, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to practice because at that time, sitting was, you know, really emphasized. And I said, well, I cannot sit, I cannot practice. Until I heard the teaching that the Buddha had back pain. And I was like, what? What? The Buddha had back pain? How come I didn't know this? For you said I like creating so much stuff. I mean, really, I was like, I'm I'm gonna leave. I cannot. It was it was bad. You know, it was very painful, flare ups. Oh my goodness. So, but then getting to know that, you know, there are some ideas that can change, also. And so from that, you know, it was really a deep teaching for me because it was also like to see how I was letting go of an opinion or an idea about me on how to do something or how to be <clears throat> um, in relation to this, to this sickness at that time. And at the same time, you know, precious moments as we come to to a, a, a place of really see, seeing how the conditions change and start to accept new conditions in life. <clears throat> I remember um, some years that I did uh, volunteer work at Zen uh, Hospice. And some precious moments and some very hard moments of letting go and not letting go. And precious moments of appreciating. Appreciating the moment, the present moment, very close to the present moment. With this dear, dear person. Who was having our orange juice in the morning. And I just 
bring, you know, bring him breakfast. And this was at the at the house at Saint Hospice House on Page Street here in San Francisco. And he looked at me, and he opened his eyes very big, very big. And he said, this is so good. (laughs) This orange orange juice is so good. And then there were other moments, you know, so hard to let go sometimes. That last moment, that last moment of change, letting go of the last breath. And it's so easy, you know, to be to be in those situations. And then sometimes time pass and things go back to normal, at least for me. Sometimes, you know, it's like the, the insight, the preciousness, the the learning stays. Other times it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to die tomorrow or, you know. So the practice help us, help us to to remember that each moment is precious. And it's like touching base here and there, here and there. Remembering practice, practice like the Buddha said before dying, practice diligently. What is, who's going to be your teacher after I die? The four foundations of mindfulness, practice diligently. Another gift of impermanence, you know, taking, in taking, picking up, picking up identities or, or choosing new ways of being and, or new ways of acting the world is that we can, we can find forgiveness for ourselves and start again. Starting again, changing, these two will pass. Even when we're conscious, and sometimes we choose, well, you know, for this time, I, you know, we just, we start seeing where it, where is our edges, you know, in keeping the precepts. Or, you know, how it is that we act in the world too. There is this possibility of starting again. Not that we will, you know, okay, I'm going to do this now. And and then I take the precept again. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best thing to, to, to do it. But to realize, you know, we're not, con- awareness is not permanent. So we may forget. We may not be aware with some of the moments that we take some, we... There's some we, we we're not we're not fully aware, and we just you know do some unintentional harm, or we just choose to do something that okay, this is how it is, and let's see what happens, and then we realize yeah we cause some harm. 
And then that, 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 okay, I start again. How it is that I want to, how I want to balance life, how it is that I want to, to be the next day I'm here. Or when I, you know, when I'm interacting with others. Starting anew. So I love when we talk about being years, many years of practice and feeling like a beginner. <laughs> because it's, 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 it's remembering that we change. There are some things that stay with us and within the practice there may be things that will stay for us for a very, very, very long time or that we abandon, abandon some things unwholesome, whatever is not supporting us for the rest of our lives. But th there's always that recognition, okay, I, I'm doing this by choice. I'm choosing consciously, I'm choosing here. So, as we go into practicing with these liberative insights of anicca, impermanence, and dukkha, suffering, stress, and not-self, we may see that they may start supporting supporting each other. These liberative insights, at least for me, it has been like that. And that there's, you know, like kind of a new choice, a new perspective that we can align ourselves with with a new understanding that is that is developed, that is that is seen, that is touched, felt. When we then see this insight and we can find safety in change. Wow. I'm I'm saying wow, like I'm am I really saying that? Brody saying that? Yes, it's like wow. Yeah, I mean I have found, you know, right now there's so much change, you know, some days are hard, some days are okay. Many, many, most of the days were not okay. If I, you know, with not having this practice. Now it's okay. And, and whatever comes, okay, we'll see. And I will, you know, there may be moments of grief. Moments is not that, you know, this, this delusion, you know, they were moments in the practice that, Oh, okay. So why un I understand all you know all the teachings? Then <laughs> understanding impermanence, I will have permanence with you know happiness, or and I guess there's is another happiness: the releasing, the releasing of clinging. When you continue, you know, after this talk and 
throughout the night and through the upcoming days, you may see if there are any ways in which Anicca supports you, in which Anicca guides you. There's a beautiful, beautiful poem. I will, I will share it with you um, in the next talk. Uh, but one verse, one verse of that poem from Ryokon, a Zen master, it says that impermanence will guide you along the way. Impermanence will guide you along the way. So see how it guides you in the upcoming days. See how, how it supports you. It's an exploration, actually how it supports you in, in your practice throughout the day, it supports you in maybe establishing no conditions or whatever. I'm just curious, how would it be for you?